shooting from the hip here. Right. But yeah. I'm raising a lot of questions as far as are are these charging stations universal? Um, and and is there a big difference? And and with there being um, a sort of a, a relatively new technology with the four XEs specifically, uh, and 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 you know a hybrid plug-in hi- uh, hybrid technology has been around for a while. Uh, maybe this house was already equipped with uh, a, a, a quote unquote charging station, um, and it just wasn't mated up with the Jeep, right? Hi, I'm Tony, and welcome to the Jeep Talk Show, where we put the fun in off-road fun. This is the only show where you can hear Jeep owners talk about things like mud, rocks, and giant tires, and not get weird looks. Okay, we don't talk about mud much, but it sounds good. Uh, So strap in, grab your favorite beverage, and get ready to laugh, learn, and have a damn good time. We guarantee that after listening to us, you'll have that starting urge to go buy a Jeep, or maybe another Jeep, and hit the trails. Don't say we didn't warn you. Hey, on tonight's episode, first responders get an unexpected surprise in a Jeep recovery. And and I'll dare say it was a good surprise. In Newbie Nuggets, uh, Wendy gives us an update on the challenge she's doing. And uh, in Tech Talk, uh, we take a look at some of the easy and very cheap hacks to make your Jeep a little more your own. Are you ready? It's time for the Jeep Talk Show with hosts Tony, Josh, Wendy, and Chuck. Well, howdy, it's Wendy, and tonight I'm going to give you an update on the Ladies Off-Road Challenge that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm Josh, and wait till the end of the show, where I have a very important tip to share with you. And if we didn't have the pics to share this with you uh, to prove it, well, you probably wouldn't believe this story. So less than 30 miles west of the Texas-Louisiana border rests a little body of water quaintly called Lake of the Pines. Last Friday, some fishermen were doing what guys typically do when they fish. They, they try to catch some fish. <laughs> here, and, here and there, they puttered around the lake in their little skiff of a fishing boat. And as the two came up to a familiar spot in the lake, they saw something, well, not so, so familiar. Now, if you're on the Jeep Talk Show Discord server, then you will know what comes next, as this story is literally everywhere on the Internet. Credit where credit is due, I got the story from a listener on said Discord server, but I would have had to have been drunk and blind to have missed this one. (laughs) Seriously. As the men approached an odd-shaped object protruding from the surface of the water, they recognized it not as something like the Loch Ness Monster, but as the back half of a Jeep Wrangler hardtop. And yep, sure enough, there was still a Jeep attached to it. (laughs) And as anybody would, the men called the misplaced Jeep into the local authorities, who coordinated a tow company to come out and recover the Jeep-turned-submarine from the waters of Lake of the Pines. Now, thankfully, the Wrangler was only about 40 feet or so from a nearby boat ramp, likely the access point to the water the Jeep took to get there. So recovery was relatively easy. As the Jeep was pulled back ashore, however, the first responders noticed something moving around inside the Jeep. Had a large Catfish. fish. <laughs> a large fish gotten in there? Yeah. Catfish. You know what people probably think initially, maybe some sort of a curious animal was trapped inside. No, it was the owner of the Jeep, a what? Texas woman who had been reported missing by the Longview Police Department several days prior. The tow truck driver and the fisherman who called authorities were able to rescue the woman from the submerged vehicle who, yes, was still alive. And very pruny. How? (laughs) Emergency responders arrived on the scene, treated the woman for hypothermia, and took her to a nearby hospital. Now, the Marion County Sheriff's Office says they don't know how or even when the Jeep ended up there, but the victim confirmed it was at least a few hours. 
I have Sitting a few in, questions. <laughs> no, we all do. There's a lot of so many questions. <laughs> Something doesn't make sense. So, uh, 40 you feet. Know, I know, but seriously, I'm thinking about my Jeep, okay, as an example. I'm not exactly sure it would keep water out. You know what I'm saying? Like, if it was submerged. So, how is it possible? She must have had a, what, pocket of air still left in there? It, was, it wasn't completely submerged. Uh, it, it, you can't tell it from the pictures that Josh has here, but the, before they started towing it out, there was a, it was a good six inches uh, not in the water. So right. I, I, I don't understand. It, I, you could open the door. You could crawl out the window. Well, so then my question is, is this sort of what she wanted to have happen? So or, that's or, one of the going theories, at least in the yeah. Jeep Talk Show circle behind the scenes, is a couple of people thought this might have been one of those, well, I'm just going to take a bunch of pills and drive my Jeep into the lake and, and, and end it all. Right. Well, the water was probably a little bit too cold for uh, the woman just to fall asleep, uh, despite the number of uh, pills that she may or may not have had in her system. Again, we're merely speculating speculating uh, yeah and, and and so the the shock of that cold water uh is is going to keep you alert uh versus let you slip into unconsciousness so there's you know that aspect i suppose could be in play here whether or not there was a suicide attempt or or not we don't know again the woman was reported missing by her family so but for several days prior so she wasn't in the water the whole time for this many days do you think no. this could have been a GPS error gone bad? Yes. <laughs> Those I've damn seen that Apple happen. maps are up to it again. Apple, forget it. it. Yeah. So, but, AI yeah, I, I is do, trying to kill us. <laughs> I do have a question for you, Josh. So when they said that they the guys on the boat were able, or the responders were able to rescue her, did they open the door to do that? And does water come rushing in? Or did they roll down a window or break a window? And then that's so a pretty fast the- recovery because how do you do that if she's... <laughs> Enclosed, maybe protected with some air left. I I, I have questions. <laughs> so, um, at least according to the the woman who was rescued out of the jeep, she had been there for at least a few hours. Um, we don't know that uh, whether or not her perception is accurate. Uh, it could have been a couple of days. It could have been a few minutes. We know that at least thirteen minutes had passed from the time of the report before first responders were on scene. Um, and as from the, from the last picture in this story that you can see, and you listening to this right now can actually follow along, head over to jeeptalkshow.com, look for the show notes for episode 797, and you can see the same images that we are referring to as we're talking about this. And you can see in the second image there, um, we've got a, a just the, the very last little bit of a flatbed wrecker uh, that has backed up to uh, was probably um, the shoreline, maybe the boat ramp, something. They've got a rear winch line um, strung out to the back of the Jeep in the process of bringing that in. And the two fishermen with their little, you know, 13-foot skiff um, with an outboard motor are, are almost capsizing, pulling this mm-hmm. woman into the boat. We don't see... She was waterlogged. We don't see the, the the door of the Jeep open in this picture. That's um, true. So it's it's potentially possible that a window was broken or rolled down to get her out, or maybe just they were able to get the door open, but then water uh, current pushed or pressure whatever pushed it back and closed it. Maybe she just closed it out of out of habit after getting out. I, I don't know, uh, but nonetheless, we can see her in the process of being pulled into the boat during the the middle of this rescue. Or recovery. It's so strange. 
I still need more answers. I'm sorry. <laughs> I hope we're going to get some. Josh, you'll have to keep us informed if you, if you yeah. see any more updates to this, this well, story. Well, so far, the Marion County Sheriff's Department is, is being very tight-lipped about this. Because the woman is involved in a missing person's um, uh, report. incident, yeah. uh, report, if you will, um, there's an ongoing investigation. Why was the report filed? What happened to this woman? Um, so d- detectives are going to be questioning her, obviously, uh, if this was a suicide attempt, th- there likely will be some psychiatric evaluation, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, this is all standard operating procedures for these sort of events. Uh, and, and so, but they, they have refused to release any kind of an official statement or um, any other details other than this, the, this report of what had happened. Uh, because of the ongoing investigation. So it may be some time before we find out any details of this, if at all. And there was no report to any damage on the Jeep. I mean, other than probably Hydrolock, but uh, there was no uh, physical damage reported. Uh, like maybe she yes, hit something. Tony, and went in. the wheels and tires are still available. <laughs> <laughs> always. It, looks, always like, it looks like it's stock, you know, so I don't, I don't care. But also, too, it also appears like she went in straight, like not back down the boat ramp like sometimes we see people uh do with boats oh, where like, it slides like maybe in. The, the the trailer had dragged the right. vehicle in, into the lake you know or something like that no this this looked at for all intents and purposes like the woman intentionally drove into the body of water uh whether or not that's exactly what happened uh, whether there was some vehicle control uh loss you know uh, uh gas pedal got stuck you know that sort of thing we, we don't know but what we what is odd though is that you know a period of time, a period of un, an unknown period of time went by with this woman still in the Jeep and, as far as we know, conscious. And yeah. I mean, she would have to have been to keep her head above water. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I, would, I wouldn't imagine that, I mean, I mean, yeah, she was alive. So it wasn't like, you know, the action of pulling the vehicle out suddenly created the air pocket and, oh, I can breathe all of a sudden. No, it was like, uh, yeah. She was just sitting there in the water, which I think other than maybe injuries or drug or uh, some sort of a, a mental event well, that keeping her from being able to move, she could have self, uh, self-saved self or self-rescued herself. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Now, we do know that she was treated for hypothermia. They, 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 they mentioned that much. And so I would think that if, if she was... If there's any sort of other injuries that they might have been listed if they go so far as to say that she was treated for hypothermia. Um, so I, we don't know if there's any other medical condition involved. I mean, whether or not she had a, a miniature stroke or right. uh, she's epileptic all of a sudden or something. We, we don't yeah. know. Well, hyperthermia could have kept her in there and not being able to manipulate any of the controls because of her fingers not functioning properly. Uh, yeah, so that, that's true too. True. Yeah. So that it may be uh, something as simple as that. It just seems strange to be that close to the shore and uh, not be able to just uh, crawl out the window or even open the door because you can see there's water in the vehicle. So yeah. there, there, I'm sure there wasn't uh, a lot and of pressure there. Pressure equalized, yeah. Definitely a very interesting story, and I, I hope we get more information in the future on it. Yeah, me too. Me too. Now, here's another interesting story for you, one that unfortunately we're hearing uh, all uh, lots more of anyways. Um, this particular uh, story happened in Erie, Colorado, but there's nothing eerie about this story. The facts are that hybrid battery vehicles are dangerous. I don't care what you think or what you believe. And they are becoming more so every year as we hear about an ever-increasing number of these types of incidents happening. Now, this latest happened in the Morgan Hill neighborhood around 8 a.m., where Mountain View Fire Rescue had responded to a a call about smoke from a resident. 
Firefighters once on scene did not see any smoke from the from outside the home, but they eventually did find it coming from a secondary garage. A Jeep Wrangler 4XE hybrid was smoking, and when crews started putting water on the vehicle, that's when it happened. <laughs> As it is becoming all too common, a hybrid vehicle catches itself on fire, and in the process of putting out the fire, the vehicle effing explodes. Oh, the man. explosion from this Jeep was so intense, it blew the entire garage door clear off of the tracks. The giant portion of the house's face was now leaving the residence at a very high rate of speed and just barely missed a Mountain View Fire Rescue captain as wow. it flew about 30 feet into the front yard in a blink of an eye. Oh my gosh. Authorities say there were no reported injuries from the fire or the explosion, thank God. And aside from the blown off garage door, the home sustained very minor damage from the incident all in all. Investigators are, however, working to learn what happened, including a thorough investigation of the Jeep, its electronics, and its charging station. We don't know the year of the Jeep 4XE involved, but according to the NHTSA, there is currently a recall on the 2022 through 2023 model year Wrangler 4XEs due to a faulty fastener securing the 200 amp main fuse. This faulty fastener can cause high resistance in the fuse's interface generating excessive heat, which can cause the fuse to fail and potentially lead to a fire. Whether wow. or not that's what happened here, we don't know, but nonetheless, We've been hearing reports, I mean, I'm seeing it on the news on an almost weekly, if not, you know, monthly basis. We're seeing this here on, on Jeep Talk Show on an almost quarterly basis, if not more regularly, where, I mean, these things are catching, I mean, hell, we reported on these things catching fire in the Stellantis parking lot, yeah. fresh off the assembly line, uh, production <laughs> line. No, so, you know, no owner other than FCA. <laughs> right, right. These are happening to Teslas. These are happening to Toyotas. These are happening. I mean, these are. This is happening all across the board. Hybrid vehicles are not safe. Plain and simple. It's coming down to the fact that now house fires are, are you know leading cause is almost getting to the point of where hybrid vehicles cause more house fires than than turkey fryers do. You know, so, I mean, it's getting to the point of where these stories are getting out of control. And it's not because of a gasoline engine, uh, you know, suddenly spilled its load and a spark ignited the fire. No, these are electric vehicles all by themselves without any interaction from man suddenly bursting into flames. And because of the lithium ion and other materials that are used in the, in the manufacturing of the battery, putting water on them causes explosions all too often. And so you're hearing about um, fire departments having to use uh, the amount of resources to put out uh, hybrid vehicle fires. Let's let's say, for instance, I just read this uh, this statistic uh, here recently. A an average car fire, you know, vehicle on the side of the freeway is engulfed in flames. A fire department rolls up, takes about five thousand gallons to put out that fire. For that same fire on the for a, on the, in the same location, if it were a hybrid vehicle, would would take nearly twenty thousand gallons of water to put the fire out. Four times the amount of, of water just to put out a similar kind of fire. So not only are you talking about time, you're talking about resources and everything else. Hybrid vehicles are not the answer, people. And if you don't want your house to burn down, well, I highly suggest against buying one. Poor batteries. That's kind of the, that is the downside to energy density inside of a battery. Because the more energy you get into the battery... The, I think the more, and I'm, I'm just guessing at this, I think that means it's more likely to have issues like that because you, you have a lot of, of, of chemical energy stored in there. 
Well, not only that, I, I, this raises the question with the fire department paying closer attention to the charging station. Now, whether or not that had anything to do with this, whether or not the act of recall, whether or not this even was a vehicle under the act of recall, this could have been a 2020 or a 2021, though, which is not affected by that recall, we don't know. A lot of factors in here in, in play, but the fact that the fire department is looking specifically at the charging station raises the question as to whether or not some of these charging stations are actually being professionally installed, whether or mm -hmm. not they actually pass muster. Uh, maybe mm -hmm. not the, uh, um, maybe they're not as UL listed as they probably should be, you know, that's that sort of thing. So um, there are a lot of questions here, and I think we may start seeing some answers pop up in the coming months about some of this technology and how it might just not be as safe and uh, as as unworrisome as as what a lot of people are expecting or assuming. Mm -hmm. And also, too, uh, that that is a really good point about charging because charging uh, does make things go bad. I mean, it makes those lithium ion batteries uh, go bad or, or or catch on fire. So it it's uh, it's really important, especially if you want to. Uh, I guess if you're trying to do an insurance job on your house, it's it's, it's not bad. But if, <laughs> oh, but if, but, if you, but if you want to to keep the house, you might want to make sure that that's professionally installed and and checked and maintained. I'm just now, glad no one no guys. one was hurt. Yes. Uh, yeah. No. Absolutely. Hundred percent, Wendy. Now, I don't. I don't know about you guys, but uh, and maybe my perception is a little bit off. But this house looks like it's new construction. I mean, there's not yes, any, any grass in the yard. Uh, the driveway looks relatively clean and new. I mean, the the garage uh, is barely even you know taped off or painted. I mean, this for all intents and purposes oh, looks right. like a brand new house, probably less than a year old. Yeah. So, so what are you saying? Going, so what are you saying? They ran out of money and they needed to get the no, house finished. What I'm, <laughs> what I'm saying is th is that likely this house was built with a charging station. Maybe the charging station oh. was compatible with jeep or something maybe there's oh. an amperage difference or something like that i mean sure. I'm, I'm, i raise a lot of questions i'm shooting from the hip here right but yeah. i'm raising a lot of questions as far as are are these charging stations universal um and and is there a big difference and and with there being um a sort of a, a relatively new technology with the 4xe specifically uh, and 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 you know, uh, hybrid plug-in hi uh, hybrid technology has been around for a while. Uh, maybe this house was already equipped with uh, a, a, a quote-unquote charging station, um, and it just wasn't made it up with the Jeep right, and maybe that was the whole crux of the matter. Oh, I, again, or, or I don't maybe know, they had a nice 220, 240 volt uh, high amperage uh, plug to plug the charger into. I think that would be more likely than actually install a charger. Oh yeah, you know they what I mean. Because unplug the dryer and plug this in instead, and yeah, <laughs> oh, that's the way no, I do gotta, it. <laughs> look, I've got to do that to, for my welder in my yeah. garage. I don't have an extra two twenty outlet in my garage, so I've I've made a very expensive uh, 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 extension cord. Um, you know, it's 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 made out of like a eight gauge wire. You know, three con eight gauge. Or something like that. I mean, it cost me like, I don't know, $12 a foot or something like that. But I've got this super duper heavy duty uh, extension cord that I plug into the same cord that my dryer, same outlet that my dryer is plugged in. And that's how I power my welder in my, in my garage. Um, but without that, I, you know, I'd, I'd have nothing, I'd have no way, or I'd have to go with a 120. Right. I'd run under the line and uh, all that certification and the size of the wire and another plug. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot to it to do it right. And, the, right. and by the way, I don't think there's anything wrong with what you're doing because you're using a plug that that, that handles the amperage. And as long right. as you use the right size wire for the extension, you're you're good. Yeah. No, the, all the math was done on that one, believe me. Oh, you would have to. to. That's, that's a major <laughs> current. Yeah. For something like that, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put in the calculus. So, <laughs> so Tony, do we, got, do we got time for another story? Sure. Go right ahead. 
Well, this one, I, I I wanted to squeak this one in here because it's more bragging rights than anything else. And I thought this was kind of cool just because of, of sort of a, a battle that's been going on for a little while. Um, now, what do you, this is a quick question here. What do you think are the two most popular off-road vehicles on the market right now? Subaru and a Honda. How dare you. <laughs> uh, right, wait, wait, Wrangler and Prius. Okay. <laughs> oh, you both lose horribly. <laughs> no, if you guessed the Wrangler and the Bronco, if you were playing along, you would be right. It's a well-known fact that the this battle has been going on for a little while now, at least as long as we've known that the Bronco was going to be coming out. And despite the continued epic failures of Ford's Bronco, they somehow keep selling. But the reputation of the Bronco has gotten out, and sales have sputtered. With a recent audit of the two brands' first quarter sales, we see that only one of the two automakers has bragging rights moving forward in 2023. Now, Ford reported that the Bronco family is attracting more female buyers, accounting for nearly 31% of retail sales, giving Ford an increase of just over 37% year-over-year sales for the Bronco alone. Not bad, but in contrast, Jeep comes out the clear winner. Now, although sales of the base model Wrangler actually slipped 17% year-over-year, the 72% increase in sales of the 4XE put the king of the off-road in the number one spot. With a combined 37,971 units sold, the Wrangler has beat the Bronco by nearly 10,000 units, and that's just in the first quarter. Last year, the Jeep Wrangler 4XE was the best-selling hybrid vehicle in all of America, beating out the Prius and forever changing the face of electrified vehicles. What the numbers hold for Jeep in the rest of the year is unknown, but if the Bronco's reputation for off-road, uh, well, or lack of off-road prowess continues, I'd say the writing is on the wall. And one that even the Sasquatch Bronco can't climb over. <laughs> I saw a couple of Broncos out at uh, EJS. Uh, I actually saw one that had, um, gosh, what would you call them? They were like, um, they looked like they were part of the body fender flares. They really, the, the flares really stuck out. But they were like, they didn't look like separate flares. They looked like they were part of the Bronco, which was pretty cool. But I didn't want to get behind him as soon as the, the, the independent front steer, uh, front wheel steering uh, kicked in. I wanted to be on the other side of that Bronco. And, uh, and we did pass it uh, with, uh, with our Jeeps. I understand people wanting to, to, to do something different, and especially when it's brand new like the Bronco is. But, I mean, you can be part of the Bronco family and stay out in the stall at night or be part of the Jeep family and uh, be at the, having dinner or at the bar and uh, being yeah. inside like people do. Yeah, yeah. No, there's, uh, there's been a lot of these, uh, these Broncos popping up here in the Northwest uh, with the retro styling colors, you know, that, uh, that, that baby blue and, the, and that like faded canary yellow mm -hmm. uh, with the white wheels. Looks like shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It's, it's really bad. <laughs> but as always, we here at the Jeep Talk Show are on the lookout for the latest and greatest news and tips to bring to you, our fellow Jeep enthusiasts, of stuff out of the Jeep world. And if you have any news, tips, or story ideas that you think we should cover here on the show, whether it's a new product release or an upcoming event, maybe a hot topic in the Jeep community that you experienced here recently, we want to hear from you. What's happening in your Jeep world as you see it? Head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Find out all the different ways you can interact with us here at the show. Well, I wanted to give you guys a little quick update. If you remember, about a month ago, I sort of mentioned about a challenge that I was going to do. Yes. Oh, yeah. Are uh, you done yet? No. Gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. There is so many little little caveats. This no, whole thing, I, so. I know. I know. you yeah. got a lot ahead of you. And oh, still some, uh, a fair amount of time, too. 
Yeah, so it's basically was 10 challenges, uh, about five to six months to complete. So this month being April, we have to do at least one part of the challenge or some part of it. And each month you have to at least do one. Well, there's 10 of those. So each month you got to do a couple of them. So I thought I would just highlight two of these um, since I didn't talk about them when I first talked about it. So the challenge number six is all about a vehicle checklist, which we talk about, you know, checking your vehicle before you go out when you come out on the show. But what this entails is that you need to come up with an actual printed list of a pre-departure list, kind of like a day run, what you would need to do. They're sort of asking to make sure you're checking for 20 items. It was so funny. I said to Bill, 20 items? I'm not even sure I could check 20 items. And he goes, four tires, four axles, <laughs> two axles. He's yeah. giving me all these parts. And I'm like, okay, Bill, that's probably not what they're talking about. But anyway, so um, then there's a pre-trip one where if you're going to go longer than a day trip, maybe an overnighter, um, to just think about that. The Ladies Off-Road Network does a lot of overnight, overnight type trips. Um, so I think they're trying to promote women to get out and actually, you know, go out and do stuff with their Jeep other than just a day run. Um, and then the third one is a post trip. And of course, I talk about this on the show a lot about what you need to check your Jeep when you come back from any kind of a run. So it's kind of neat. But then <clears throat> with all of these 10 challenges, there are what they call scavenger hunts that go along with this. So for instance, on this particular challenge, there are 20 different items that we have to take pictures of items that are on our Jeep. Things like an oil dipstick, transmission dipstick, a coolant reservoir, air filter, lug nuts. You get the idea. Just a whole list of things that we have to take physical pictures of. And then you upload all of these items in. Um, there's a special form that she has. It's really a lot of work that she's done. Um, and I can't believe how much effort it must be. So that's one of them. I think it's going to be pretty cool. Um, this one I think you would like, Josh. It's, the, it's called the recovery bag. The first okay. part of it is you have to figure out the weight of your vehicle, your vehicle stock, like before anything was added, All which right. is going to be quite interesting for us because we bought it pre-dented and pre-done. So we're going to figure out exactly what a stock vehicle with regular wheels, regular bumper, all that stuff would have weighed. And then you've got to figure out the actual weight after by adding in all of your items. So like your recovery gear, your tires, your bumpers, anything that you've added on afterwards. So it's kind of an interesting challenge if you think about that. Um, and then it's then it goes into recovery. So they want to see pictures of your recovery bag, what you have as recovery. And then you got to take pictures of all the different things. And she lists about 17 different items on the list. Um, but what's also interesting is that if you maybe didn't have your bag completely put together, maybe there's some items that you'd like to purchase so there's that option as, you know, if I didn't have my bag full of, let's say, a tree saver or a soft shackle, maybe that would be on my list. So it's kind of an interesting um, process, but there's a lot of little tiny intricate things that you have to do. So I've got to show pictures of 17 of these items. And if you don't own that item, then you're allowed to go find it online and take a picture of it. But it's kind of interesting. So my plan is to get both of these done and submitted by the end of the month. Um, and it is a process though. There's a lot of little tiny parts and things that I'm trying to do. So that's kind of my plan. And I just had to give you guys a quick little progress on it. Um, and if you're hearing this for the very first time as a listener, you can still join this challenge. Um, it goes through now through, I think it's August. It ends. Um, I have the website in the show notes. Uh, it's uh, www ladies off road network. And you can just search for the ladies off road challenge. Sorry guys. The challenge is just for girls. I'm sorry. <laughs> so the question I had for you guys is, don't you think it'd be cool if they had a challenge just for men to do? 
I think it'd be awesome. Well, we're just talking about definitions here. So, I mean, you know, it just depends on <laughs> come as you are or not. Well, I suppose today, if you identify as, but you could, I don't know. What do you think, Josh? I think a challenge for men to be kind of cool, or maybe they already have it, and I just, I'm not aware of it because I'm Every not a guy. Every stinking well, day is a challenge for men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Johnny. Well said. How dare you. Uh, no, the, see, that's the thing, is that if there ever was a uh, an event that all of a sudden the, uh, the organizers or, um, uh, you know, whatever they said, well, we're going to make this a men's only event. Do you know how many people, especially out of the Northwest, are oh going to start gosh. protesting and, yes. and get get their proverbial panties in a bunch? I never so, no, thought about uh, that. Unfortunately, in this day and age, that's just going to become impossible, um, if not bad. impractical. Uh, 15, 20 years ago, Wendy, absolutely, you probably could have gotten away with that. Yeah. Um, now, are there events that are more or less dominated by men that are out there? Uh -huh. Yes, there are. There's a bunch of them. And there's one that happens out here in the Northwest every year. Uh, at least I think it. Uh, the COVID kind of did it in. I don't know if it has come back this year or last year. I haven't heard anything about it, so it may be dead. But um, nonetheless, it was like a tough truck challenge type of thing where it was off-road racing up here in the Pacific Northwest in the Northwest Mountain Trails. But um, it, it was more of a race against the clock than against other people. And, and at each stage, you had to do something. Um, change a tire blindfolded. Oh my goodness. You know, things like that. It was all team-based. So you always had to have a driver and a co-driver or you okay. know, a driver and a co-pilot, you know, something like that. So there was always two people involved. Um, and so the, at each stage, and I think there was like eight stages or something like that, um, you had to not only, you know, clock in, um, find your way from one stage to the next, but also then uh, complete the, the, the stage task and get on to the next stage and all, you know, do it all within uh, an X period of time. And hopefully you have the fastest time at the end of the day. Um, mm -hmm. And so, but those type of events, typically you don't see much, if any women at all. Um, yeah. Beside, you know, you know, aside from in the pits and and back at camp, so not too many competitors, if you will. Now that doesn't mean it's not open to women. It's just a an, an event that's dominated by men. So we've got a lot of those out here, but that doesn't mean that it's not open to women. It's just sort of the way that it is. Yeah. Well, I think it would be cool, but I do hear you. I think we'd have just a huge uproar in this world. What do you mean nobody else can do it but men? But yet, for these women events, it doesn't seem to be an issue. Nobody's complaining, but I, I think, think it's a fun. good thing. I think men kind of have a tendency to take over or at least intimidate. Just I'm not talking about doing anything wrong. I mean, just simply being there because, uh, you know, women, women and even other men know what to expect from men. It's uh -huh. They're aggressive and uh, they're problem solvers and they, they want to kind of take over. So I like these only women things because you take away that, uh, that, that issue of I want to do it myself and mm -hmm. I don't want to just have to placate to what the man wants me to do. Yeah, and speaking of who's running this, that's Charlene Bauer. And Tony, you got to meet her at the Easter Jeep Safari, didn't you? I did. It was great to finally meet her. I've talked to her several times on the show doing interviews and uh, just as great in person as she was in the interview. Oh, yeah, she lifted the restraining order. How nice for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, the restraining order was for me, I'm and kidding. she never would yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. 
I'm sorry, Charlene, that I even brought this up. Oh, my oh, God. She, she knows me. <laughs> yeah. No, she knows she, how she I knows am. who Tony is. Oh, God. Just listen to this show. Oh, yeah, she knows what to expect. If she doesn't, the people are going to be telling her to listen to this one. Yeah. Check out this episode, 797, because you're mentioned. Maybe in a good way, maybe not. Maybe Check it not. out. <laughs> Oh my well, cool, goodness. Wendy. I hope you keep us um, uh, apprised of your of your developments and and stuff. Is there other than the Jeep Talk Show? Are you posting your your progress anywhere else? Uh, we just got the so we started in March, believe it or not, and we just got the final paperwork, if you will, um, this week. So Good officially, Lord. it's starting now. I know. Well, because she rolls it out, we're all supposed to look at it. If there's any errors or people aren't unsure uh-huh. on something, uh-huh. she makes okay. corrections or clarifications. And then makes a final. Once it's final, there's no changes to what the rules are and how you have to do things. So that's kind of just started uh, with this week. So we have a couple of weeks to get stuff, you know, entered and get it uploaded. Um, and of course, you know, I'm going for points and there's a top five spot. I'm hoping my name gets into personally. Well, um, we see, we'll see what we can't do to help you out in that regard. Exactly. So we're all rooting for you. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be fun, but I will definitely update and I'm hoping to get, you know, more stuff done. And then we will be posting on Trails 411 um, any videos that have to do specifically with some of these challenges. I won't probably tape it all because just giving a picture of a soft shackle or whatever may not have any yeah. content to it. So, right. but anyway, I will do that. So, well, if you're a new Jeeper or a Jeep owner and you might be looking for some guidance on how to get the most out of your vehicle, then you got to listen to Newbie Nuggets because I usually come up with some pretty cool things and on the show, we always come up with some great advice for new Jeep owners. And in the meantime, you can head over to YouTube and look for Backcountry Driver. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And Josh, thank you. Thank you for giving me this. A little toilet paper. In the socket cavity will keep the nut from falling all the way down, but it will give way and compress as the threads protrude through the nut. I would like to remind you that anything you say can and will be used (laughs) against you. Antonio, I'd like to congratulate you for finally going out and can't go camping. Uh, I'd like to remind you it's not camping until you dig a hole to poop in. I've spent a lot of time out in the woods, and I have never seen a rabbit or a bear carrying around a little bag of poop. But that's not why I'm calling. I'm calling to tell you the game warden told me I needed a a fishing license. That's ridiculous. You can't even drive a fish. (laughs) (laughs) I knew that. All right, boys and girls. Yeah, I know. That's that's the best I can do. What can I say? I'll chat you later, and you have a good one. Bye. So, Nikki he'll G, not legally. You cannot drive a fish <laughs> legally. Uh, he'll, he'll make up for that 18% more funnier next time. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah he's definitely working on that, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the, the, the poop bucket. Uh, I got teased because the poop bucket that I took out, I put the poo powder in the bottom of the bucket. Oh. And not, and in, not in the bag. No. Not in the bag. Gosh, dang <laughs> I explained to them that somebody told me that if the bag tears, you want the poo powder in uh, the bucket. You put it in both. Exactly. But because of the, the just the situation and, and Chip coming out and having the hotel room and stuff, I only had to use the, the poop bucket once and it wasn't for poop. 
So I just emptied it out when I found out that you can actually urinate out there. You, it doesn't. You don't have the the, the digging the hole and all the rest of that stuff you have to do uh, that that you can't do with uh, and have to have a poop bucket was only for poop. So uh, I never never put the powder in there. But just so everybody knows, it's a good idea to put the powder in the bucket and in the bag. So I have a quick question about your sleeping. Did more you, you know. Yeah. Where's that drop? I have a question about your sleeping arrangement. You know, we talked about it a couple episodes back about you having the tent and having the blow-up bed. So how did that work out for you? Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, so it was around 25 degrees out and very, <laughs> very windy. And uh, not not windy you, but windy is in breezy. No, of course. <laughs> and the tent was wonderful. It did nothing Good. as far as holding heat, of course, because it's just yeah. a, a very yeah. thin tent. But it yeah. kept the wind off of me. And I took uh, about 47 blankets. Uh, Good. No, it actually, actually, it was probably about four or five. And I just, I just layered them up. And I had no problem Good. about the heat from the blow-up mattress. Good. However... The mattress, and Josh, you reminded me of this, but I guess I blocked yeah. it out whenever I told you what mattress I was taking. Mm-hmm. The same one we used at the uh, Jeep Talk Show event. Um, right. It was horrible. I, I, I could not sleep on it. If I had camped out yeah. another night, I would have been sleeping in the front seat like I did when I got up to go to the bathroom about 4 a.m. Uh, Why? Was it too small or didn't get firm enough or what was going on there? Wasn't thick enough. Uh, so I, I just couldn't uh, I couldn't move around on it to find a comfortable spot. Yeah, you uh, need like a queen a queen size probably. Oh, no, no, no. It was too thin. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah it, was too, it was way too thin. So uh, I thought the camping thing worked out wonderfully. That tent, absolutely worth the $104 Good. I spent on it. Good. But I need to get something like a memory foam or something that's more, that's thicker. So okay. it can because I'm I'm a big guy and I need something to support my weight and I need something that um you know uh, what do you curves to my my uh, sleek figure uh, uh. because uh, at, at times <laughs> I was I was going all the way through the air mattress I see okay and it just was not comfortable but the the front seat and the Gladiator from from four to about well, I guess it was only about an hour I slept really good in the front seat. Uh, of the gladiator and it does it really does tilt back so it was fine and i just i just i just took a blanket in there and i was i was perfectly fine so good uh yeah it wasn't too cold now if it had been colder that might have been a might have been a situation but 25 degrees yeah it was fine in that tent good i'm so could glad to hear your, that thought. could you see yourself with the right sleeping pad or or air mattress or, or what have you uh using that tent and and doing uh and going out camping uh, for other reasons. Absolutely. There was a great fire pit that was just rocks that I would have just loved. I brought a, a chair. Uh, mm-hmm. I would have just loved for us to get around that campfire and just have a, yeah. you know, a, a shoot the shit session with nice. the guys. And, yeah. and I think you guys, and if, if the listener, if you haven't seen the, the area that FU Bob found for us for camping, <laughs> it was Dude. it was scary. No, 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 no. But let it was me, wonderful. Let me picture for you. Okay. Talk yep. about a postcard. Oh, yes. Right. Tony, you guys couldn't have found a better spot. I don't know how you came across this little hidden gem, this unicorn of a camping spot that you guys came across. Whoever knows about that place um, or or was able to to take you there, uh, they, they, they deserve an award or something like that because that had to have been one of the best camping places in all of Utah. I mean, the, the view, the, the location, the layout, everything. I mean, you had it all. It was amazing. The only thing I wanted was a campfire, and uh, but I sure am glad Chip came in Monday night because that meant I was actually going to get some sleep, 
And even though it wasn't as comfortable as my bed and pillows at home, uh, I at least was able to move around and uh, get find a, a bit much better sleeping position than I was on that crappy air mattress. So it, it was good that I had the air mattress. And I know there's people out there that sleep on the ground and they're perfectly fine. I, I'm just I got I think I'm just too old for that. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. Well, if you're sleeping on the top of your Jeep in a roof-mounted or rooftop tent, one of those RTTs, I think they're sometimes referred to, um, you're going to want to pay attention for this week's must-have stuff. Pick of the week for your Jeep. Near and dear to my heart is a, uh, is a little company based out of my neck of the woods uh, here out in the Pacific Northwest. They're called Yakima. You may have heard about them. They've made a good name for themselves in the roof rack industry for decades, and now they're expanding their line of Jeep and off-roading accessories. If you own a JK or even a newer JL model Jeep Wrangler and you would like to be able to haul more cargo on your roof rack or, or at least be able to uh, carry around your rooftop tent a little more securely, Yakima now has the end-all, be-all solution, and it's taking the overlanding Jeep world by storm. They call it the rib cage, and uh, it's made uh, some big waves in the Jeep world here this last week. And Yakima says that with this system, this all-new system, properly installed, these heavy-duty, externally-mounted track systems can help you negotiate dicey off-road trails carrying up to 330 pounds of gear in dynamic loads and up to 825 pounds of static loads. So that's like throwing Fat Freddy and a full keg of beer up on the roof rack and carrying him all the way through the Rubicon Trail without a single worry. I mean, aside from the foam and the vomit, but I digress. They claim these numbers are backed up not only by rigorous in-house testing, but also through extensive real-world testing as well. And actually, we have a picture in the show notes for this episode, which you can check out at jeeptalkshow.com for episode 797 that I have a direct connection to, but we'll get to that here in a minute. This all-new roof rack support system is, however, less of an add-on as they're meant to be integrated with the vehicle. Both ribcage models for the JL or for the JK are permanent hardtop installations and are identical except for the specific components that mount to the Wrangler's internal supports. Now, the company says that the occupants need not worry about cracking the Wrangler's roof during the installation, which obviously would be a very bad thing since the tracks are attached to the vehicle's internal roll cages. What's better is that the parts of the rib cage do not interfere with any of the passenger or cargo space. So literally nothing is sacrificed, yet a great deal of capacity is gained. The freedom panels are removable while the system is in use, and the whole hardtop is still easily removable for all of you sun junkies. All that all it takes is a process of unbolting the rack's internal supports according to the product specs. Now, Yakima says there are also optional accessories planned, which will allow for expansion of the system as well. For either the JK or the JL, the Yakima ribcage will run you a pretty penny of about 600 bucks. But for what it gives you in carrying capacity, I say this is a must-have. One word of caution, though. If you are currently using your angled roll cage bars right now for things like fire extinguisher mounts, gear bags, or maybe a compressed air tank, please do your homework and ensure that the mounting points for this system won't interfere with any existing mounts for other things that you may already have in place. And if you want to take a look at the uh, pics of how this thing goes in, we have some great pictures uh, directly pulled from Yakima's website in the show notes for this episode that you can see at jeeptalkshow.com and uh, for the show notes of episode 797. Kind of interesting, but I, again, depends on your kind of what you're in a wheel, where you're going to wheel, what you need to store up there, and does it create too much weight to give you a issue with, you know, top heavy? And also, 
or your trees hanging down low and you can't get through. So Right. You you raise a couple of very good points, Wendy, and I'm glad you brought those up. Obviously putting up um eight hundred and twenty five pounds on top of your Jeep is going to make it extremely top heavy and is going to drastically change the way that the Jeep handles. You wouldn't want to have your daily driver rolling around the streets with 825 pounds up on the up on the roof rack. Again, that's a static load anyways, not a dynamic load. And here's the difference between static and dynamic. Static is just sitting there, not doing anything. Dynamic is in motion. It's moving around, there's inertia, there's a lot of other forces in play here, and that's why there's a big difference in the in the amount of of weight load or rating here between the two. If you're driving around, if you're wheeling, obviously you can't put 825 pounds up there. But if you're running something like a roof rack, and a uh, roof rack tent rather, um, and you, you're getting up there and maybe you and your partner are a little bit hefty and the two of you weigh a little bit more than 330 pounds combined. Not hard to do, right? Well, uh, this ordinary roof racks might uh, collapse. You may end up breaking the 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 soft or the uh, the hard top of the Jeep. You know, cracking it, something like that. This enables you to well put three or four of yourselves up there if you so wish with that 825 pounds of static load. Uh, so so definitely you're right, Wendy. Kind of depends on what you're doing. For overlanders, I could see this being a huge hit if you've mm-hmm. uh, you're, you're definitely using your Jeep for a lot of of gear. Um, you know, including maybe that roof ro- rooftop tent, maybe something else. I don't know. Um, obviously, the the options are endless for the amount of, of gear that you can haul up there. I, for one, use my roof rack when I'm uh, camping um, for for firewood. Uh, most of the camping gear goes inside. The firewood goes up on top. I don't really care about the bugs getting on that for my two hour drive to go to my camping spot. Um, and so, but that's a lot of weight up there. And obviously, I'm not going to wheel with a half a quart of firewood up on the roof rack. Uh, not that I'm taking that much, but nonetheless. Um, and so it's very easy to suddenly get a lot of weight up on your roof rack. Imagine putting a cooler up there. That's a great spot for it, but it's going to take up a lot of weight. And uh, and obviously, you're going to need some supports for that. So like I said, with uh, other things in play and inside the Jeep, and uh, and you got to have the right top, and you got to have the right vehicle, uh, and of course, you got to have the pennies. So I didn't see, maybe you said, there's no pass-through on this thing, right? There's just a support on the bottom, kind of a sandwiching thing that's going on. So it doesn't actually damage the, the, the fiberglass top. That's one thing I couldn't, I couldn't tell. I, I, I was unable to download a, an installation, um, a set of installation instructions. I think that comes with the product. Um, and so I don't know if this drills through the hard top or not. Yeah. Um, there was no mention of no drilling or modification of the top. They, they didn't say that. Gotcha. And so I would think that, yes, there is going to be some pass-through. Um, and, yes, the, the, the system that goes on top of the Jeep and the, the supports and, and, and everything that goes on the inside of the Jeep um, bolt together through holes that need to be drilled through. Mm-hmm. Well, mechanically, uh, now, that makes sense, but I, I just that would be uh, that would be a really big need in my book to be able to support weight to actually drill holes in the fiberglass top. Right, right. Now, I mean, maybe using some rare earth magnets. No, I can't see that working either. Yeah. But uh, no, no. So it's going to have to be bolted through. But um, but yeah, I mean, nonetheless, a uh, very, very interesting system. I'm glad to see the aftermarket um, sort of getting in line with a lot of the needs of the overlanding segment, especially with the diversity of rooftop tents that we're seeing. I mean, Christ, mm-hmm. I can't go down uh, the freeway anymore and not see at least one Jeep every single day that has a different rooftop tent on it than I've ever seen before. 
So it's it's crazy. Um, oh, they're very sexy. I don't know how many people use them, but I think they're very sexy to have. I, I agreed. I just wouldn't want that, you know, 250 pounds All of the tent and, the, and the giant yes. brick up there, the wind noise, the, the drag, yeah. everything else. It's just, there's got to be a better way. It's um, the, the 2023 and, version of the, uh, the, the panel vans from the seventies. <laughs> not, not to mention, you know, I've already been through, um, a vehicle getting, uh, either broken into or stolen, uh, a total of nine times. Oh, uh, that's a good point. Home. If you were sleeping in the vehicle, you could stop the theft. <laughs> <laughs> so I like to park my Jeep in the garage, uh, to keep it safe and keep it all in one piece and everything that's on it, uh, stays on it. Um, and so I, I could see, you know, um, I, I wouldn't be able to do a big overlanding build on my rig without raising the roof, yes. uh, expanding the height of my garage door. Uh, because mm-hmm. I mean, uh, no matter you what, wouldn't I get in. I, right. if I re- if, well, not, not just that, You're if I look <laughs> as it is right now out, outside within a couple of weeks, it would be stripped. So it's just something that, that it never gets parked outside just because of where I live. Oh, you need to have a garage sale. See if you can uh, <laughs> make some of that that foot traffic work for you. Seriously, <laughs> though. Well, you know, I always love hearing about other must-have products that you or maybe your buddies have found useful in your Jeeping adventures. Share your tips and suggestions with us here at the Jeep Talk Show on our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and, well, pretty much all of them. Go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find all the ways to contact us. Hey, and we're really excited to announce that our next interview episode will be featuring a special guest interview with Simon Martin of CounteractBalancing.com. It's the Counteract Balancing Beads people, and uh, it will be out tomorrow, Friday. So if you're listening to this on Thursday, be, re- be sure and catch that interview tomorrow. So uh, be sure and catch our next interview episode to catch this exclusive interview and learn more from one of the top Jeep experts in the industry. You will not want to miss this, especially if you're thinking about doing beadlocks or you've had a lot of problems getting beadlocks uh, balanced or uh, especially if you've been using airsoft beads. You don't want to do that. Uh, So if you're a Jeep enthusiast or interested in the business side of the industry, you won't want to miss this interview. Tune in to our next interview episode to hear uh, more from um, uh, Simon Martin of uh, uh, counteractbalancing.com and learn more about their business and their Jeep accessories market. Especially helpful if you happen to be a a truck driver because uh, these things have been used for years in uh, 18-wheelers and uh, I think even uh, farm uh, vehicles. Now, something else gets used from time to time is uh, things like, uh, well, those hacks and tips and tricks that, you know, like to uh, make your Jeep life go a lot easier. And from time to time, I like to showcase a few ingenious ideas that make owning a Jeep easier or more fun. Sometimes it's something that will be just the thing to make the Jeep that much more your own Jeep. So this week, I've put together a few little things that well, just may have you saying, now, why didn't I think of that? Now, first up is one that many of us will find useful. It involves using foam pipe insulation. Now, we've actually uh, talked about this here on the show in the past. You cut this to length to fill the gap between the seat and the center console. No more lost french fries or having to pull the Jeep over because your cell phone found its way into that no-man's land between the seat and the center console. 
Of course, if you've got a vivid color scheme going on in the interior, you could always opt for the more colorful version of pipe insulation. They call it pool noodles. I was just going to say, this is a pool noodle. <laughs> <laughs> Although more modification to the foam may be necessary to make that make a pool noodle work for this application, but uh, let's say you've got some red or some yellow highlights or something like that going on in the Jeep. Well, there you go. Now, if all you're doing is uh, maybe a beer run, something like that, well, then keep those half racks, six packs, and full cases from sliding around the back cargo area of the Jeep by putting down some of this, what's called non-slip rug mats. Now, perfect if your Jeep has a tan interior, because that's about the only color those things come in. Now, although if your interior is black or gray, well, you may want to try and find the same stuff marketed differently as something called toolbox drawer liners or non-slip cupboard liners. And uh, it's basically lacy foam rubber at the end of the day. And for a few bucks, a few square feet of this in your cargo area will keep things uh, staying put and stop everything from that six-pack to your toolbox from sliding around. Now, this is my favorite one. And and if you're a Jeeper and you're not doing this, uh, we can't be friends. It's called the rear view mirror flip. And it's been a little while since we've talked about this one, but for lifted vehicles that do not have a smart mirror for the rearview mirror, and that's a mirror that may have a compass in it or a little backup camera screen or um, you know has the map lights in the bottom of it, things like that. Uh, basically, if there's anything powered going to your mirror, this is probably not going to work for you. But if you've got a plain old rearview mirror, simply rotate it 180 degrees. It puts the center line of the mirror up higher so that you can see better behind you. For Wrangler owners always finding small rocks between your fenders and body, well, here's a simple hack to eliminate that void. This is a very common one as well, so you're going to like this one. Use some cheap rubber vacuum line from your local parts store. Runs on average about 50 cents a foot or so, and it's super cheap but highly effective. You're going to want to look for the diameter stuff. Using something like a shoelace, figure out how much linear feet you're going to need, and because the shoelace will mimic the vacuum line, you can simply use a tape measure to then figure out how long your shoelace is. Now, once you have the tubing, simply pinch it and tuck it into the seam between the fender plastic and the metal of the body. No more trapped rocks messing up your paint. Since it's rubber, it will form easily and seals up that area quite nicely. It will even look like factory options. But just be careful going through the drive through car wash with these. They may get caught by a bristle and be ripped out. No worries, though. It's cheap enough to replace real easy. But let's be honest here. Who among us Jeepers actually goes through a car wash? <laughs> yeah, I really I mean, recommend against doing that with any modified vehicle. Yeah, I don't think they let me through the car wash anymore anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a quick question on your rear view mirror flip. I didn't quite understand what you were doing there. Okay, so um, let's look at the face of your rear view mirror, the reflective okay. part. Kind of like a clock face. And Got we're it. just going to take that, grab your hand, and just rotate it around the clock oh, face. We're just going to go 180 okay. degrees. So the little got lever it. on the bottom of your of your rearview mirror that you flip right. when somebody behind you has got too bright of lights, that is now going to be on the top of the mirror, not on the bottom of the mirror. Okay. The of the mirror. Mm-hmm. So that's what I mean by rotating yeah. it 180 degrees there. Okay. And, make, and, and what that... Go ahead, Tony. Uh, I'll just make sure that I understand the purpose of this. Since the most of the mounts are at, towards the top of the mirror, whenever you rotate it, you're taking the mirror and moving it up higher mm-hmm. so yeah. that you can yeah. see you have, better. Yeah, so you can see you have a, a higher angle so that you can see yeah. over the tire or whatever you're looking back on. I exactly. like it. Yeah, especially yeah, for, for anybody that. with a with a rear view, uh, I mean, rear view with a, uh, a rear mounted tire carrier. 
uh, you're going to notice a massive difference doing this. You're going to be like, holy crap, where's where's this mod been my whole life? Yeah, yeah exactly. Now, some, people, some people don't like it because it moves the knob for the rearview mirror up top. And I mean, look, how long have you been driving? How many cars yeah. have you had? How many times have you just, by muscle memory, reached up and flipped that little that little tab it's to no to deal. you know yeah. get the get the mirror to dim, as it were? Now, yeah, they have the auto dimming mirrors nowadays and stuff like that. But that's what I mean by a smart mirror. Those kind of mirrors, this doesn't work for that. Mm-hmm. So it's got to be just your plain old standard run of the mill average everyday rear view mirror. Yeah, pay close attention to that, folks, because you do not want to rotate one 180 degrees that has wires and crap running in it because yeah. you may permanently damage that or at least uh, damage it until you fix it. So make sure it's a nice, dumb mirror. And if for some reason the mirror is mounted just straight in the middle, it's probably not going to do much for you. But if it's mounted near the top, now it's going to uh, give you a, a better angle to see behind you. Very cool. Since our Jeep is older, we fit in this category, so I can't wait to try it. Yeah, yeah. And if you end up trying this out and it works out for you, by all means, hop on the phone, give the Jeep Talk Show a call. Let us know how this worked out for you and uh, and what you think about it. Yep, yep. JeepTalkShow.com slash contact. Well, that's a wrap for this installment of Tech Talk. Be sure to tune in to our next edition of Tech Talk, where we'll be discussing even more tech tips and hacks and tricks in the world of Jeeps. Thanks for listening, and as always, keep on jeeping. Well, Jeeper, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Jeep Talk Show. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and a review on your favorite podcast platform. It really helps us out. Also, be sure to follow us on social media. We're literally on them all to stay up to date on the latest Jeep news, events, and more. All right, Jeeper, here's that very important tip I promised you, and it's a good one. If you want to reduce your risk of getting crabs, and here's the important part, just don't go near the seafood department. That's it. <laughs> Oh, you probably thought I was going to say something about creams, ointments, or toilet seats, didn't you? God, Tony really is a bad influence on you people, isn't he? I mean, if he's rubbed off on you anymore, you'd probably have a stain somewhere. Speaking of rubbing off, stay away from the doorknobs. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Also, too, and this is a bad time to mention this, don't forget to be a Patreon subscriber. Go to to Jeep Talk Show if you don't want to get crabbed. (laughs) <laughs> TheCheapTalkShow.com. Oh, At the very top, you can click on where it says subscribe and become a Patreon subscriber today. It's too better. Much. It's less itchy than crap. Too much fun. Just too much fun. <laughs> <laughs> Broadcasting since 2010.